you're one yeah. of the first investors, period, to exit out of a thing that most of us yeah. had really just heard about this spring. Yeah, no, no. So thank you for that. So yes, I, I am I am the first investor to exit out of uh, this GPT-4. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In 1784, a British fella by the name of Edmund Cartwright created the power loom, a new, faster way to weave cloth. Weavers, now out of work, were not happy. No, they were not. Yeah. <laughs> they burned down the power looms. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Uh, what does this do to the legal profession? Case Tech's founder and CEO, Jake Heller. My perspective is that, um, like every other technological advancement in law, this is going to make things more effective, more efficient. And at the end of the day, you'll likely have more lawyers doing more interesting work. Heller's Case Tech's and its GPT-4-powered co-counsel software can do in seconds what took an army of paralegals and lawyers days. You've estimated it's the equivalent of 16,500 attorneys doing nothing but reading for every minute for an eight-hour day. That's right. The way to think about co-counsel is it's an AI legal assistant, which means as a lawyer, I can delegate tasks to it uh, that not unlike the type of tasks I'm going to give to an assistant, a paralegal, or even a young associate. So in this case, we're going to ask it to do legal research for us. Jake shows me how co-counsel can research a legal question, provide case law and precedent to back it up. Pulled out relevant quotes, and now it's putting together its answer. And in about 90 seconds, it's completely done doing analysis that you know may have taken me the better course of a, of a day when I was a practicing attorney. We used to do discovery, the process of reading through document by document with banker's boxes in a basement somewhere. I've seen right. movies. Exactly, yeah. right? And and so we've gone through all these enormous technological revolutions. I mean, we, we moved from the typewriter to word processors, right? These enormous technological revolutions. And there are more lawyers now than ever, and we're making more money than ever, right? And And the reason for that, I believe, is that as legal services are becoming faster and faster, um, less and less expensive and more high quality, there's a greater demand for those services. In America, somewhere between 80 and 90% of people with a legal need do not get access to legal services because it takes too long and because it's too expensive. I was thinking a lot this, of room. It's I was thinking the same thing, yeah. that if, if I'm a very small law firm and I'm going up against, a, let's say, a power company, we won't name one, but let's say there's sure. a power company in, in California, uh, they've got a lot of lawyers. Yes. Um, they They've got the paralegals looking through everything. I don't. Yes. But this would find the thing I need the same way it would if I had a staff of 10 paralegals, which I don't. It's just me. 
one of the things that we're absolutely seeing is that this kind of technology levels a playing field. It puts a small law firm representing an individual in a position that they can go toe-to-toe with a large company with dozens of lawyers. That potential caught the attention of Rebecca Lynn of Canvas Ventures, herself a trained lawyer. We started working with Canvas and I'm working with Rebecca long before they invested for about a year. Um, I remember she came by our offices then, a uh, pretty you know, dingy, small Palo Alto office uh, you know, in uh, near California Avenue and spent uh, even, I think, a few hours with us just talking through strategy, our ideas at the time. And uh, it was clear that Rebecca had um, deep domain expertise, had expertise in things that we have not done yet, like market and grow, go to market, marketing and grow, go to market, and uh, had a lot to add. And that's why it was like an obvious choice to work with her. Small office, big personality. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. uh, So I'm also thinking about like, it does happen and what's next for you. Yeah. This is Rebecca giving Jake there in the background advice. So we need to have that conversation also. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you, there's like a timing thing that you don't want to miss out on. How did you convince Jake to go with Canvas? To go with Canvas? Yeah. When I invest, I always have a relationship ahead of time. So investing in the check and and the, that deal becomes just sort of like an afterthought almost. Almost a natural flow. It's a natural flow. And so I, I look for companies, I look to invest in companies that I would, I would either start myself if I wasn't doing this job that I love so much or that I would be happy to come in as their chief marketing officer. It seems to me that legal is one of the best potentials for AI. Um, it, it's a natural fit. There's a lot of language. There's a lot of words, a lot of text. Yeah, I, I think legal is a, is like a line drive use case for AI. And the the reason it is is that you have such a corpus of information that has to be consumed very quickly just on the case law alone, right? So just to go through and digest the case law— and oftentimes, I mean, that's how you win. You you line up your fact pattern with a fact pattern of the existing cases in the relevant jurisdictions, right? And, and that's how you win. In addition to, and then you have the writing piece of it. So the writing component. And I, I'm always amazed at how few people can actually write these days. Um, but the writing component of it and the crafting of the argument um, and, and the learning from what worked in the past you know, to, to come up to speed so quickly, I mean, that that's what AI can do in spades, right? And then in addition to that, when you look at the discovery process, so, you know, hundreds of thousands of pages of documents where you're looking for a needle in a haystack. Right, we've all seen that movie where the bad guys, you know, bring all the banker's boxes of oh, all yeah. the stuff. No, I, I've lived yeah. that. I've lived that. <laughs> I, I, I was an associate for a brief period of time and, you know, was walked into a, the conference room, the quote, war room, as they call it, with like boxes and boxes and boxes. And I remember saying, this ha- this has to be digital. And sure enough, it was. And then, but then structure, and so somebody with a little bit, you know, of tech knowledge yeah. can, can expedite this. But to be able to just simply, um, not only just search keywords, right, which is kind of the the limit of what current discovery is, but to search context, right, where you find patternicity where maybe you didn't have that hypothesis going into it, mm-hmm. Right. 
that's where AI can just completely change the playing field and the discovery process. And something that I don't think we non-lawyers don't see in movies is a point you were just making, which is unless it's a, you know, a murder trial where you've got a, a murder weapon, that kind of thing. When you're when you're arguing in court, you're arguing previous case law. Correct. And to be able to find and craft and synthesize and 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 present in the most simple way possible the laws on my side is how you win that case. Correct. Correct. And you have to and the thing too is that, you know, there may be one case and may and then another case overrules it, right? In that same jurisdiction. But it might not overrule the entire case. It might only be one element or one aspect of the case. And and you have to get that right. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. If you wanted to repeat this success, what would you be, what can you imagine another success would look like? Uh, just, and you know, make up the company in your head. I, I could actually see um, something in the fraud or billing or records um, area very easily, you know, coming out of here very easily that really um, things that historically people couldn't make work because of the marginal cost of labor and the marginal cost of um, sort of going through that much information now suddenly the can slug. work. The slug, yeah. So how does it all end up, the uh, the investment into case techs? How does it end up? What do you mean? Yeah, Sorry. tell me the end of the story. Um. At the end of the story, oh gosh! Well, it's always so. I will say it's it's always sad when you when a company exits. That exit, the sale of the company, Case Text, to Thomson Reuters for six hundred and fifty million cash. That's right, because you it's like you've, you've been working at that company for a long time, and uh, and I I was really torn. I mean, Case Text. I think has completely the ability to continue on in a in a, in a um, independent way, but I but the acquisition by by Thompson is absolutely the right thing for many reasons. So, um, so we that Thompson acquisition actually makes Case Text the largest um, exit in AI. I think there was another exit um, that also happened with Mosaic at one point three billion, but that was not cash; it was all stock. Uh, so it was not liquid, and um, and I I think most bankers would agree the stock was probably two x overvalued, right? So in terms of a of a liquid um, acquisition or a liquid 
exit. Um, Case Text is by far the largest that's happened so far. Well, with, and, with and GPT four, you are. You know, there are some some VC who are still looking into investing. You're the you're as far as I know the first one to exit. The first one to exit. The for uh, yeah, the first one to exit. And, and, and yes, and the first and, the, and, and yes, and and yes, and I I I am a, I guess I am a. Uh, what what am I called? A uh, underrepresented. Well, but we don't. We don't, <laughs> but yeah, we, don't we don't have to append but, women, but, women but it, to it though. You're you're one yeah. of the first investors, period, to exit out of a thing that most of us yeah. had really just heard about this spring. Yeah, no, no. So thank you for that. So yes, I, I am. I am the first investor to exit out of uh, this GPT four. I will say. You know, we have been heavily looking and investing in AI since I came into venture. When I was at Morgenthaler, we were the, you know, the first institutional investors in Siri, which was really fun. So we saw sort of the evolution of that. Um, I then led an investment in in figure eight, which was really the picks and shovels behind machine learning, because what it would do is it actually used AI and machine learning to tag up data to develop the machine learning models. I also um, led the first investment in Luminar, which is a hardware company, but it had to de- had to actually develop um, the all the software to go with the hardware stack. And, and because it, Luminar um, reinvented the entire lidar stack for autonomous driving, and uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Austin, the CEO of Luminar, was the youngest self-made tech billionaire. Mm. That happened in 2021. And then uh, he's gone on now to um, to buy Forbes, and his house, which is rather spectacular, is the uh, is the set for Succession, which is always uh, <laughs> always fun to see. So that was Luminar, and then you know Case Text has been a really fun ride. I mean, we have had you know Jake and his his team in multiple times just to show us you know what they're doing with AI because it's been so exciting the entire time. So. It's been really, it's been really fun to sort of be in this game. So now that the thing you invested in has been sold, what is your role uh, as a venture capital investor, or is there a role at all uh, in Case Text? Yeah, uh, you know my role. My role is to help Jake figure out what's next. Right, so which, you, I- <laughs> which you, which you were doing even as we yeah. were setting up all the equipment. I mean, you weren't stopping. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see myself as an advisor and a coach, and so. I mean, we we become good friends over the course of an investment, and I, I and you know, in venture capital, your entire job is pattern matching. So I've had a number of CEOs exit, either to IPOs or to M and As, and so you know, you learn over time, you know, what what the options are for the for your CEOs when they when they when they wrap up. And so, yeah, I would love to uh, to help Jake on on the way, you know, going forward, and and I can see him being a very influential person, sort of maybe an advi- advising public companies on how to really integrate AI and machine learning in their stack. And so it's fun for me to help him with that. And you have a close personal relationship with him. Also, you know, a lot of investors say, I, I invest mm-hmm. in the person, not the idea. Right. Uh, he's going to have an idea again. Absolutely. He'll have, an, he'll do, I mean, he'll Go on to do a lot of lot more interesting things. I think all of my CEOs have done that, so it's really fun to to meet them when they come to you initially with just this kind of kernel of an idea, and then you help them through the process and you you gain a lot of trust. I mean, you're in the trenches with these people, and it, like he said, it's not always up and to the right. I mean, there are some really you know bad things that happen from time to time. I mean, CEOs get. I've had more than one founder call me late at night after being served with a lawsuit, right? And uh, and say what do I do? And well, to that that my answer is always 
send me the document, pour yourself a glass of wine. Congratulations, you've made it because nobody sues unsuccessful people. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca Lynn, founder of Canvas Ventures. This is actually the second time we've talked with Rebecca. The first includes a chat about chickens and her experience at Procter & Gamble. You can find that in our archives. A special thanks, by the way, to Eric Tischer, a Silicon Valley engineer, and the sounds he recorded of a power loom. Next week on Sand Hill Road, how do you pick the people? It is so hard because these are human beings, right? So you, of course, are in a conference room with the leadership. You have spreadsheets. It's very clinical. And then you try to remember... These are human beings. Nick Meta, the CEO of Gainsight, in one of the most honest interviews about layoffs you're ever going to hear from a Silicon Valley leader. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.